All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, I praise you for the testimonies that we've heard uh, today and, and so much throughout the week. Uh, Father, that's one thing that I need everybody in this room to understand, and this is what you've always taught me, those tough times that we go through, those tough seasons. Father, you're just building a testimony for us to give. We've just got to continue to lean on you. And, uh, Father, I praise you so much for those victories. Um, praise you for those healings, those miracles. Father, I just praise you for the personal connection that we have with you. I've needed it, uh, not only through my entire walk, but especially this last week. Father, it's been so great to have you in my corner. Uh, Father, today, I need your help. Um, you've given me a word that I need to give, Father, and, and this, this sermon that you've given me. Um, been a lot of questions about it. So, Father, I just, uh, again, I ask, I need your help. I need you to give me guidance today through this. And in this moment, Father, I'm asking that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, that you take my pride, my doubt, my anger, confusion. Father, take all that away from me and replace it with you, Father, with your direction your boldness, your truth, and most importantly, Father, your love. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. A Christian's greatest problem is not Satan. It is not sin. Now, again, we talk about this each week. Uh, Satan obviously comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We all know that. However, the greatest problem that we have biblically, what the Bible actually says, is not him. If we'll go look at Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, we'll explain that problem. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. I say this every week. I'm going to say it again, guys. Again, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but without the knowledge, you don't know how to fight him. Therefore, you will lose those battles. This week, we're going to continue this series that is entitled, What Every Christian Ought to Know. From the last couple of weeks, we've discussed quite a few topics uh, for this exact series. I want to pull up that list real quick just to go over what we've talked about the last few weeks. Uh, every Christian ought to know that the Bible is the true Word of God, what seasons are in a Christian's life, how you should give to the church, the difference between the old and the new law, how to vote, and how a Christian should pray. Okay, if you missed any of this and you'd like to go check it out, it's all on our YouTube page. Uh, you can go check out those sermons from the last couple weeks. But today we're going to continue this series with what every Christian ought to know, and that is what is water baptism. Perfect day for that. You got baptism Sunday, no better way to talk about it. Over the years, people have had a lot of questions about water baptism. Today, we're going to answer a lot of these questions, and I want to start with what is water baptism? There was a, there was a man that was walking through a park, and he noticed some commotion going on down by a pond, and he walks by this pond, and he sees a pastor in there and a lot of people, and he's having baptism Sunday. This was on a Sunday afternoon, and he's 
baptizing all these people and so forth. And this man, he, he was a drunk man, okay? He was, especially that Sunday afternoon, uh, he's walking through. And again, he decides, well, I'm going to go over and check this out. So he stumbles over there. And he starts hollering at the pastor from the shore of the pond. He says, what are y'all doing? He said, well, we're baptizing. And he said, well, I want to get baptized. He said, well, come on over here. So he gets in the water, and he comes out to the pastor. And the pastor dunks him. He lifts him back up. And he looks at the drunk man. He said, did you find Jesus? He said, no, I didn't find Jesus. So he dunked him again. This time he was a little more aggressive. Left him down there a little bit longer. Brings him back up. And he said, now, what about that time? Did you find Jesus? The drunk man says, no, I still didn't find him. pastor's very frustrated at this point. I would have been too. He takes him and he dunks him and he leaves him under for a good 20 to 30 seconds. Lifts him back up. The drunk man's wiping his eyes off, spitting water out. He says, well, did you find him that time? And he said, no, are you sure this is where he jumped in? Baptism is an outward act that symbolizes our belief and acceptance that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And the purpose of baptism is to give visual testimony of our commitment to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Simply put, it is our personal proclamation of faith in Jesus Christ. It's a symbol of Christ's burial and resurrection. Our entrance into the water identifies us with Christ's death on the cross, his burial in the tomb, and his resurrection from the dead when we come out. In other words, going under the water is the burial of our old life and coming out is our new resurrection. Amen. One question I get a lot about baptism is how should we get baptized by water? How should that look? Is it a sprinkle? Is it a bath? You know, what is it? The Greek word for baptism is baptizo. Pretty simple in Greek, because most time Greek words are really hard. But that one, that one was simple. That's why I said it. You know, a lot of times I try to bring up Greek words when I preach, but I can't pronounce them, so I just leave it out. Just gonna be honest with you. But today I could, I could, I could pronounce this one. So baptizo. But what that means is to actually immerse. It's what baptism means, guys. Immerse. The sprinkle of water. For baptism, and, and I need y'all to know, I grew up what I call a Baptist, okay? I was Baptist and Methodist pretty much. You know, my, my mom was a Methodist. My dad was a Baptist. They got married. We went to a lot of different churches, so I went to a lot of different churches. I was a very confused child. You know, I could dance at one church, and I couldn't dance at the other church, and, you know, it just caused a lot of problems. But anyway, so I was, I think I was sprinkled. I'm pretty sure. Was I sprinkled as a child, mom, at the Methodist church? Did I get sprinkled when I was a little kid? Okay, I got dunked. Excellent. But, you know, I think the Methodists do that. I think they sprinkle and so forth. But, guys, what I need you to understand about that, and, and, and that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. You will not find one time in the New Testament when anybody was sprinkled with water. It was immersed. It's completely different. Fully immersed baptism is talked about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Hebrews. So it's talked about many, many times in the New Testament, and not one time does it talk about sprinkling of water. Doesn't talk about some places even it's a, it's a cup that they pour over you or so forth. Guys, it is to be immersed in water. Another question that I get is, does it matter where I get baptized? Can it be done outside? Can it be done inside? Can it be done in a church? Can it be done in a baptismal, which we, you know, this place used to have one behind there. It's not there anymore. 
to let y'all know. I know some of y'all are like, why don't we get baptized in church? Why are we always going outside? Because there's nothing back there behind that wall, okay? But used to be. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Big hot tub, basically. Um, can it be in a horse trough? Like what we do. Can it be done in a swimming pool, in a lake, in a river, in a bathtub? Can it be done in front of people? Does it need to be done in private? Here's your answer. Yes. There's your answer. It's not important where you get baptized, Christian warriors. It's just important that you do it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if your spouse is baptizing you in private at your house. It doesn't matter. In fact, the man that wrote that book I was just talking about got baptized in his house in a bathtub. It doesn't matter, guys. It's a proclamation of faith. It's what it's about. And it is a personal connection between you and God. Never let somebody pressure you into baptism. Today I'm fixing to talk about baptism a lot. I need you to understand something. I am not trying to cause doubt or to inflict that on y'all. I'm trying to inflict you guys to make a decision. You understand? Where baptism is mentioned in these New Testament books that I just talked about, the only thing it says about the location of baptism is that there was plenty of water. In other words, make sure there's enough that you can immerse somebody in it. That's what matters. So any location, obviously, that allows that is very acceptable. Another question I get about baptism is why should we as Christians get baptized? I have come up with three main points for us Christians on this. The first point, follow the example of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself was baptized even though he was not a sinner. He still humbled himself and was obedient to give us the example to follow. We should always follow the example of Jesus. I want to pull up three different verses. 1 John 2, 6, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. 1 Peter 2, 21, for God called you to do good. Even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example and you must follow in his steps. And then 1 Corinthians 11, 1, and you should imitate me just as I imitated Christ. Okay, guys, so really and truly, that one point, the scripture tells us that we are to do our best to mimic Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to fail, we're going to falter, I promise you. But the thing is, is we should do everything that he set the example for on this earth. And one of them is water baptism. Full immersion. The second point of why we as Christians should get baptized is to show our personal declaration of faith. Uh, baptism declares you, uh, excuse me, that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. It is the confession of your faith and commitment to Jesus Christ. It is the next step after salvation through repentance and faith. It is a huge foundation for a Christian. I want to look at Galatians 3, 27. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Now, I'm going to break this down and make it a little simpler. When I see my wife without her wedding ring on, I get a little jealous. I don't like that, Okay. She don't ever care if I have mine on or not, to be honest with you. I think she just knows it doesn't matter. Like, nobody's nobody's going to look at me. But see, my problem is, is my wife is a beautiful woman. And if she don't have a ring on, we may have a problem. 
Guys, Jesus Christ is jealous for the church. Baptism is like that wedding ring. Once you think about it, when you get baptized, it's like putting a wedding ring on saying, I belong to Jesus Christ. It's the exact same thing. He's jealous for his church, and he wants you to take that step. He wants you to put that ring on. The third point of why I believe a Christian should get baptized is to simply be obedient. Water baptism is an act of faith and obedience to the commands of God himself. Jesus showed us this when he got baptized in Matthew chapter 3. We're going to look at chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, John the Baptist. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? Now, I want you to check something right here in these two verses. John is trying to talk Jesus out of getting baptized. Are you catching that? Like, why? You shouldn't be getting baptized. You should be the one baptizing people. That's what he's saying here. Now, I want you to check and see what he said in verse 15. It should be done. For we must carry out all that God requires. Okay? Once you see what Jesus is saying right here, no matter what anybody else had to say to him, he was going to follow what his father told him to do. Didn't matter who he was, the son of God, and John the Baptist knew that, by the way. Didn't matter. God said, Jesus, get baptized. He got baptized. Simply being obedient. Now, here's the coolest part of the story coming up in the next two verses. I want to look at verse 16 and 17. After his baptism, as Jesus came up of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Now, I want you to notice that dove did not appear until Jesus came out of the water. Obedience. That dove didn't come before. The dove came after. He didn't say, my dear loved son who brings me great joy until Jesus did what he told him to do. Act of obedience, guys. It's that simple. Why should you get baptized? It's an act of obedience. It's an act of obedience. It's, an, it's a proclamation of faith. It shows your love for Jesus Christ. Who in here considers themselves a disciple of Jesus Christ? Show of hands. This is not a trick question. Just curious. Show of hands, disciples. I want to go look at what the Great Commission says. And Jesus left this right before Jesus left to go to heaven. This is, this is the Great Commission. This is what he leaves us, guys. It's a command. I want to look at Matthew uh, chapter 28, verse 18 and 19. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, now first of all, catch that. I've been given all authority. So what's that mean? We should listen to him, right? Is that what that means? Let's listen to Jesus now because guess what? God just gave him all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what I need you to catch. Therefore, go and make disciples. The first command 
of being a disciple, the very first thing that they're supposed to do is get baptized. So if you consider yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ and you have not taken that step, you're not being obedient. Again, guys, I need you to understand something. I'm not trying to put doubt in your mind. I'm not trying to pressure you in any way. Guys, my job is to teach you the truth. If you have not been baptized, but you are a son of God, or or a daughter, you're a child of God, and you have not been baptized, you're not following the very first basic instruction of what Jesus wanted for his disciples. So again, I'm going to ask you, do you consider yourself a disciple? If you are, are you willing to get wet for Jesus? And, and here's the thing, man. It's easy. Like, you don't even do nothing. Like, like Randy's been getting the water ready this whole time. And, and Dustin's going to take the speaker and microphone over there. And, and I'm going to be the one dunking you. You don't do nothing. You just get in the water. I even lift you back up. It's easy. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Depends on who you are. If you're that drunk man coming down that joke I talk about. The last question I get all the time about water baptism is, do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? Anybody been asked that question before? Show of hands. The answer is no. Now, I stand firm. You should. You should get baptized. But Christian warriors, you're saved by faith. You're not saved by works. In fact, over 30 times, now this is what I found, over 30 times that Scripture directly discusses salvation in the Bible, baptism is not mentioned once. Not once. But every single time, one word is mentioned. It's faith. I want to look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I want you to think about some other scriptures, too. I mean, after Jesus... Okay, y'all remember the story of the prostitute that was going to get stoned. And after Jesus helped that prostitute... When it was all over, he looked at her and he said, your faith has saved you, now go and sin no more. He didn't say, go get baptized and then your faith will save you. He said, your faith has saved you, go sin no more. I get this argument a lot with some some other people, different denominations, and I need y'all to understand, I love them. We all agree to disagree. We really do. One of my best friends and I had a, a about an hour and a half long heated debate over this one day in my office. Uh, He brought his Bible, I brought five of mine, and we went after it. What I need y'all to understand, though, is this. I didn't win. Neither did he. God won. We got up, we walked away, we agreed to disagree, and we went and had lunch together. And we planned out another serving event that we were going to serve together in. Guys, I need you to understand, just because somebody doesn't agree with you on this topic doesn't mean you don't need to love them. You need to love them, you need to work with them, because I need you to understand something. 
out of all the denominations, ain't none of us doing it perfect. Okay? Including this church. I guarantee you there's something that, that we ain't doing perfect. Okay? Something. Y'all need to remember that in these heated type arguments. But, guys, the thing is, one of the biggest issues that I have with this, where they say you have to be baptized to, to be saved, well, my question is this. What, what, if, what if you were sitting at a church and God moved your heart and you reached salvation sitting in that chair and you got up to walk down here to be baptized and you fell dead of a heart attack right there. You don't think you're going to heaven? What about somebody, what about a soldier that's fighting overseas? He gets shot, he's down, he knows he's fixing to die and he accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and there's, there's nowhere to be baptized. Do y'all think he's going to heaven? You think about how many times people on their deathbed give their life to Christ. They don't have the strength to get up and go get baptized. But I promise you, they're in heaven. Now, here's the thing that y'all need to know, though. I need you to catch this. Those people I just talked about, the thief on the cross, right? Like, that's the easiest one, right? That's the easiest one. Jesus just looked at him and said, today, because of your faith, you're going to be with me in paradise. He couldn't get down off that cross and get baptized. So, so, but, but here's what I need you to catch. Of those people that I talked about, they couldn't get baptized after their salvation. You can. It's an act of obedience. Guys, it's huge. Proclamation of faith, putting a wedding ring on that Jesus gives you. He wants to be married to the church, guys. And that's one way that we can show it, that we are committed to him, is through that act of water baptism. So again, should you be baptized? Absolutely. Again, I'm a huge believer in that. You should do it out of love for Jesus Christ. Guys, I, I tell you, even if it's this, and I, I know I told you I wasn't trying to put guilt in you, but I am right now. I'm fixing to put some guilt in you if you hadn't been baptized. I want you to think about Jesus Christ dying on that cross for our sins, all the crud, all the crap that we've done in our lives before and after. He's dying for that. The least you can do is go get wet. Think about it. It's pretty simple. And again, you ain't got to do nothing. Baptism is an outward experience of an inner faith. I'm going to end with this. For those of you that have been baptized, you reach salvation, you get baptized, you have a different level of confidence than the ones that don't. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. A lot of people, you know, why, Michael, why did you get baptized? There's, there's a lot of reasons for it. I mean, the things we talked about today, but I'll be honest with you, one of the biggest reasons that I have are two things. Number one is conviction. You know, I should be getting baptized. It's conviction. I know Jesus wants me to. I don't want that on my mind. 
And then number two, let's just say that you question the whole do you have to be baptized to be saved thing. Well, okay, then go get baptized. You don't want that on your mind either, right? That was one of my thought processes when I was younger. I didn't realize that. I thought, man, maybe I do need to get baptized. It was a big reason for it. And some people say, well, you shouldn't do it like that. You shouldn't do it for that. But you are. You're doing it for conviction. You're doing it because you want to know. You want that confidence that you are a child of God, that you are married to Christ, and that you are going to heaven. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. I always say, guys, check off all the boxes while you're down here. Check them off. Get it done. Get the prayer team and the worship team to come up. Everybody else, grab a pen and paper. I've got something I want you all to write down. Go ahead, Dustin. Baptism is faith in action. It's pretty simple. That's the truth of it. Guys, I just, I don't understand why if you're saved, you wouldn't want people to see you take that step. That's another thing I love about it, and I've had this conversation. We've got people that are getting baptized today, and I had this conversation with every one of them. You're showing the rest of this church the courage that God's given you to stand out in front of everybody and do this. It encourages others. Nothing wrong with that. Encouragement is one of the gifts of the body. You're using it the right way.